HTJ.tax, the international tax firm for six, seven, and eight-figure investors and entrepreneurs who are living that international life. Are you ready? Welcome, welcome, welcome. HTJ.tax. We do the live streams every week. So to find out what's next, just go to our website, HTJ.tax, or on Facebook, or wherever it is that you, you found this. So we, we do this every week. Today, we have the honor and the privilege of speaking with and hearing from Ricky Gutierrez Becker, who's going to talk about taxes in, in Spain. So I just want to make you aware that this is not to be construed as advice. We're going to have a general conversation about general principles. And what we are hoping that you would do and take away from this is an understanding of what the key issues are that you need to keep in mind as you select your preferred tax advisor. But this is not advice. You can consider it educational or you can consider it entertainment, but it's about equipping you hopefully with the tools that you need to make the right decisions in terms of you know getting advice from someone who knows the situation inside out. This is being recorded, which should have been signaled to you on the way in. If it is, you do not want your uh, image to be captured. You just need to keep your camera switched off. Otherwise, it'll be captured for posterity. And it is available for those who did inquire. It's available on our website, as well as YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Amazon, basically Spotify, wherever it is you get your preferred podcast, this will be made available as well within a, a day or two once it's processed and uploaded. So if you have any friends or colleagues that can make it, just let them know that it will be available, the recorded version, either as a podcast or as a video recording. They're both available. So without further ado, I turn you over to Ricky. Ricky, the stage is yours. Okay. So, well, my name is uh, Ricky Gutierrez. Um, I'm from Barcelona, Spain. And, and basically, I'm going to be talking about Spanish taxes uh, for for expats. Um, well, I'm I'm actually I actually work at a at a tax accounting and law firm in in Barcelona, Spain, Gutierrez Pujadas and Partners. Uh, I mean, we've been the company already thirty five years old, so um, there's a lot of experience in this company. And, and there's uh, a, a lot of people uh, besides me that they, they know a lot uh, about the, the Spanish taxes. And also they are, uh, we are also mainly focused on, on international. So basically the, the first thing, uh, the Spanish tax here, how it runs. Um, the first thing you need to know is that in Spain, um, Taxes are a little bit complex because you have to differentiate between state tax and also region. Uh, because depending on the region you live in Spain, taxes might be higher or lower. Failing to, to file your taxes in Spain, um, you can have severe fines and, and penalties. So we, we always recommend filing taxes rather than to, to avoid filing and, and paying. The, the Spanish tax year, it runs from, from January to December. And one of the huge benefits that we have in Spain is that we have double taxation treaties with over 100 and, 
over 100 uh, countries, which is pretty good. The two most important taxes for, for individuals are the, the income tax and also the wealth tax. One of the most important things to know is uh, where am I tax resident? Um, here we are based on, on three rules. The first rule is the substantial present test. Uh, the substantial present test says that whatever you have spent more than 183 days, if you have spent more than 183 183 days in Spain within a single calendar year, this means that you are Spanish tax resident. The second rule is the center of economic interest. This means where are your primary activities if they are conducted in Spain, if all your incomes come from Spain, that's the second rule. And lastly, we have the presumption test. The presumption test is where are your main interests? So let's say that your wife your children, they are living here, they are all going to school here. This will make you dependent on you. And this will mean that the tax authorities say that you are Spanish tax resident. One thing to know, it's the quarantine rule. Let's say that you are Spanish tax resident and you move to a tax haven. Well, with this rule, the Spanish tax authorities, they can tell that you are Spanish tax resident for the year you're moving and the four years after. The income tax. This is the, let's say the, the, the biggest tax for, for individuals in Spain. Well, um, Spanish tax residents, they pay income tax on their worldwide incomes. And non-residents, they only pay taxes on the incomes that they have generated in Spain. For tax residents, they are allowed to deduct the expenses they have, while non-tax residents, they can. The tax rate for EU non-tax residents, it's 19%, and for the rest of the world non-residents, it's 24%. The income tax is split into two categories. We have the general activities, and then we have the savings. In some regions in Spain, as mentioned before, um, they, they have lower taxes. And in one of the regions like Navarra and the Basque Country, they have some special tax regimes uh, where they kind of control their, their own tax system. In Spain, in, as mentioned earlier, um, there, there are some, some regions that the taxes are lower. For example, in Madrid, taxes are lower than in, in Catalonia. And the income tax in Catalonia can go up to 54%. People that they earn really, really high salaries or they have like huge incomes, uh, they would be in the, in the progressive tax rate of uh, between 50 and 54%, which is very high compared to, to other countries. One of the parts from the income tax, uh, the part income from savings. Basically, income from savings are interest from savings, dividend payments, income from life assurance policies, income from annuities, and also uh, gains, gains that are made from the disposal or the transfer of assets. Since 2020, since 2016, these are the, uh, the rates for the, for the savings part. It goes from up to 6,000 or 19%, from six to 50,000, 21%. 
50 to 200,000, 23%. And then there was a rate that was added uh, in 2021, that it was incomes over 200,000, they are in the 26% rate. And the general part of the income tax. General income are income from, from employment, say salary or wages, pensions, and also uh, income from, from rents. And also here are the, the tax rates that, that you can see, incomes up to uh, 12,000 or 19%, 12,000 to 20,024, and up and up. And it can go up to 45%. Personal allowance and, and deductions. Uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, only tax, Spanish tax residents are allowed to, to have deductions on their, on their income tax. One of the, some of the allowances or deductions that uh, people can apply is for people that are over 65 years of age, they have some, some deductions. Uh, if you have some people that are living with you, uh, you can have some deductions as well. If you have children that are under 25 and they are also living with you, you can have some deductions as well. Wealth tax. Um, wealth tax is a, it's a pretty known uh, tax here in Spain because uh, in there in some regions in Catalonia, well, there's only one region in, in Spain, sorry, uh, which is Madrid. In Madrid, they do not have wealth tax. That's a little bit controversial because um, then you have the other uh, regions in Spain that they, um, that they have wealth tax and it's a little bit of a controversy because then you have a lot of people moving to Madrid because they do not have wealth wealth tax but at some point the tax the Spanish uh, government they were thinking of putting wealth tax again in Madrid but we will see so basically uh, this tax is designed for people who are a lot of um, they have uh, a lot of significant worldwide wealth they declared after, assets after tax allowance of uh, 700,000, but in Catalonia, the tax allowance, it's only up to 500,000. 300,000 tax allowance for primary residents in Spain, if uh, you are tax resident in Spain. And the tax rate, it goes from 0.2% to 2.5. And also as mentioned, in Madrid, there's no wealth tax. Um, form 720. Uh, form 720 used to be a very important form. I mean, it still is. And it's an overview of the individual's worldwide assets. Basically, it's just a picture of the, of the assets that a, a person has before moving, to, before moving to Spain. So individuals that come to live in Spain and become Spanish actresses, they have to declare all the assets abroad that are worth more than 50,000 euros. In the previous years, um, failing to, to file this, this form or informing um, incorrect in information, uh, people used to incur really high penalties. But in the, the beginning of this year, the European Union Court of Justice, they, well, they decided to to stop or to kind of like ban all the all the penalties from from this 
from this form because the the penalties were like extremely high and they didn't think it was it was fair enough for for people so nowadays the penalties for not filing or filing uh, things wrong are very very low uh, i mean early in the days they used to go up to like 50,000 euros or more and nowadays if you fail to to file form 720 you only pay around like 250 300 euros so but still it's worth to to file this this form because um here you have to show all the assets that you have and and it is good for the tax authorities to know all this information because in the future if people were to sell this uh some of the properties um then you would have to justify the gain and the tax authorities, their information comes from the from the 720. Property tax. Uh, owning a property and living in in there from January 1st, you are subject to to EB. It's called Impuesto de Bienes Inmuebles. Uh, this tax it applies for both residents and, and non-residents. We also have rubbish collection tax, and there's also transfer tax. For example, when you transfer or you sell a property. Capital gains. Basically, capital gains are taxes on the profits from selling a property or other investments. Tax residents, they pay capital gains on the disposal of any of the worldwide assets, and the rates are 19% for the 6,000 profit, then 6 to 50, it's 21%, 50 to 200,000, it's 23. And also, the last one that was implemented uh, in 2021. It was up from 200,000 upwards, it's 26%. For non-residents, they, they pay capital gains on all the gains that were made in, in Spain. And there's only a flat rate of 19% for EU residents and 24% for non-EU residents. In Spain, we also have inheritance and gift tax. This tax is kind of complex because it's hard to 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 calculate the the right percentage but well individuals are are subject to to tax when they transmit or they they give an asset tax residents they can be taxed on their on their worldwide incomes as mentioned earlier and non-residents only or their on their uh, spanish assets in this kind of tax the the, the there can be some reductions applied and some of them they are based on the degree of kinship there are also some deductions that you can apply in in this tax uh, that can lower the, the tax you pay another important um important tax in spain is the corporate tax currently the the current tax rate is 25 percent but you have to know that newly formed companies, they only pay 15% for the first two years, then they go up to, to 25%. Basically, the, the calendar year for corporations, it goes from January to December, and the tax is paid the July 25th of the following year. Some special tax regimes for, for holding companies. I mean, nowadays uh, in Spain, we have uh, different types of group structures. Um, you have the vertical structure, horizontal, and also hybrid. 
dividends in Spain, they used there used to be a hundred percent exemption until 2020, but in 2021 they decided that instead of a hundred percent, it would be 95 percent. The most known or the well-known holding the Spanish holding company is called ETVs. It's the Spanish holding company. Dividends received from a non-tax resident company, they can apply for the 95% exemption. Uh, 95 exemption. As you can see on the on the right side, um, there's the example of the of the structure. So there's a foreign company, the ETV, and then you have the foreign tax resident. There's no withholding, and the shareholder needs to be non-Spanish tax resident. And of course, these kind of companies they can benefit from the double taxation treaties. And lastly, uh, I'm going to speak about the the special tax regime for for foreign people that they want to come to to live in Spain. It's very well known. It's called the Beckham Law. Basically, this law it enables foreigners that they want to move to Spain to just pay 24%, a flat rate of 24%, instead of going from uh, to a progressive tax rate, uh, like Spanish tax residents. Basically, the with the Beckham law, you only pay the 24%, and, uh, but it's up to an amount of 600,000, because this, this law used to be um, very common or very used for very rich people uh, that a few years ago they decided that no it's only flat rate up to 600,000 if you go over 600,000 then you enter into the progressive tax rate and you cannot have to pay as if you were a Spanish tax resident uh, the Beckham law it only lasts for six years so the year you uh, become Spanish you get to Spain and the following five years, so in total six years. And there are some requirements. Basically, the expat can have been resident in Spain during the past 10 years, so you can be Spanish national, but if you haven't been resident in Spain for the, for the previous 10 years, you can apply for the, for the Beckham Law. The foreigner must have a job contract and signed by a Spanish company. Directors of companies, uh, can process more than 24% of the company. And finally, the core of the workers' professional activities must be in Spain. And basically, that's it. Uh, I mean, if you have any questions, I'll be more than glad to, to answer them. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ricky. Appreciate it. That's a pretty comprehensive uh, overview. Uh, I'm sure everyone recognizes that. Now, if you have any questions, we invited you by messages on Eventbrite and then by email to submit questions. So we did get some questions. If you didn't get a chance to submit your question, feel free to type in the box below and we get to them in the order in which they receive. So Ricky, I'll go through the questions that were previously submitted. So okay. um, I understand that because of Spain's history, there's certain mm -hmm. nationalities that get a fast track uh, when it comes to citizenship. So typically you need to be resident in Spain for, is it five, 10 years before? Well, you mean to, to, be, to get the nationality in Spain? To get, uh, correct, yeah. 
I mean, well, there, there are different kind of visas that you, that you mm -hmm. can apply to Spain. But mm -hmm. I mean, the most common is the, the golden visa. Once you get the golden visa, basically mm -hmm. you, you become Spanish national. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's their uh, that their nationalities that they get fast mm -hmm. track because um, here in Spain it's very common for a lot of Latin America to come to Spain. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You have these rich people that they they are from Colombia, Venezuela, yeah. And, yeah. and they just want to get the Spanish passport. Most mm -hmm. of them they just come through the through the golden visa. With the golden mm -hmm. visa, you need to to make an investment of uh half a million euros uh mm -hmm. you can either just deposit the money in a bank account or you can mm -hmm. make an investment let's say buy a house or or mm -hmm. or yeah basically make an investment but i, I wouldn't say that there's of that there's like a, a nationality that gets like fast track probably if you mm -hmm. are from the eu maybe you have like a bird chance to to mm -hmm. to become spanish national but I mean, I don't really know a lot of people from the EU that they just want to become Spanish national because yeah. basically they already they already have the all the EU benefits. So exactly, I would say it's more for Latin America people, right? And and from Puerto Rico as well, because of the the history. I understand from speaking to people from Puerto Rico. Yeah, and uh, yeah, of course, also mm -hmm. for for the language. I mean, people they they feel more comfortable speaking yeah. speaking Spanish. So yeah okay right uh, okay so i'll move on to the next question which is about the quarantine rule right so yeah. so basically if it is that how does it work if it is that you go to any jurisdiction that has a lower effective tax rate than spain or does it have to be one of the blacklisted no, no. jurisdictions yeah if it's a blacklisted jurisdiction so let's say someone that um that is spanish tax resident they want to move to let's say to ireland they won't have any issues with that. I mean, they, they can, of course, we always recommend doing some tax planning before to see uh, how is it going to affect them, the fact of moving to, to another jurisdiction. But if you go to, to someplace with a low tax, low taxation, that's mm -hmm. no problem at all. But if you go to a tax haven that pays nothing, uh, then the Spanish tax authorities for sure will come to you and they will come claiming uh the taxes that you're not paying in in this other country and mm -hmm. as mentioned it's the first year you get to the other country and the following four years so in total it's five years yeah mm, okay so the th that would also include uh low tax and no tax jurisdictions like the uae dubai united arab emirates uh, yes, probably. The Dutch Caribbean, bah the Bahamas, Barbados, lots of Caribbean yeah. islands. Basically, yeah. <laughs> lots of nice places uh, yeah. on that list. Okay, gotcha. Now, then the follow-up question from that is, how would Spain know that someone has moved to, let's say, Dubai or the Bahamas? Well, basically, because whenever you're... Um whenever you move to another country you have to inform the the tax authorities that for the following year you will not be tax resident otherwise mm -hmm. they will if you don't inform them they will come to you and they will mm -hmm. send you like a letter hey you haven't filed the income tax for this year why aren't you filing this year mm -hmm. um 
always it's better to inform them in advance rather than them coming to you asking for for the information absolutely yeah, absolutely that's i think that's a cardinal rule when it comes to dealing with tax authorities you are proactive yeah. with them rather than waiting on them to try to hunt you down yeah okay of course now in from, from a, a a tax planning perspective are there any pre-exit so if someone has been tax resident in spain and they mm -hmm. are considering moving to one of the low tax jurisdictions that are on the blacklist like for example dubai it's come up a lot with people asking us so yeah this. are there any strategies that they can use or is it tough luck you're going to be tax resident to spain no well from I, I mean i'm not very i'm not very familiar from dubai but i know that uh mm -hmm. depending on the reef or the yeah basically the region of the of dubai uh mm -hmm. i think some of them you are like tax in some way or uh uh, I mean, I'm more common with, uh, more familiar with uh, that for for companies, not for individuals. But I think there 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 are some ways that you that you can do it without having this uh, Spain coming coming after you. But of course, we would just need to we just need to look at it. But because we I we know some some cases that they that they transfer from from Spain to to Dubai and they hadn't had any issues. Okay, so there are tax planning opportunities, but in order to find yeah. out more, someone will need to reach out to you directly. Yeah, okay. of course. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, what about the opposite? So someone is asking for the opposite. So they intend to move to Spain, and Spain. there is some concern, especially around wealth tax and stuff like that. Uh, what planning opportunities you you think they should be considering? Well, basically, the the protection of their assets mainly because uh, whenever they become Spanish tax residents, they are going to be taxed on their worldwide incomes and mm -hmm. well, basically on everything, and their assets will be taxed on their wealth tax. Uh, I mean, we normally recommend working with if you have a lot of incomes and, and you have a lot of properties. Uh, we always recommend using companies um, because rather than you coming here and if you are everything is under yourself and you are taxed under that and you have like really high incomes mm -hmm. as mentioned mm -hmm. before well as mentioned during the the presentation yeah. mm -hmm. uh in some parts of spain for example here in catalonia people can pay up to 54 percent uh which is really high um, and then if you if you have a lot of uh properties then the wealth tax uh, that you're gonna pay it's gonna be like very very high. Right. So so one of the one of the key planning strategies potentially from a wealth yeah. tax perspective might be using a company structure because if you have a company yeah. outside of the U.S., your investments in that company doesn't get used in the calculation. Yeah. That is correct. Or the other way would be moving to Madrid where there's no wealth. Tax. <laughs> that's right. That's the but that doesn't assure you that uh, in the future mm -hmm. that the tax authority, the, the Spanish government, they, they say, okay, now we impose wealth tax in Madrid as well. So Exactly. Uh, and, and just for the record, uh, Spain does not recognize trust because, you know, in, in, no. in common law, no, the, it's a common in, tool. 
yeah. yeah, in Spain, the 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 figure of the trust is is not recognized. Uh, I mean, we have had many cases for people from the U.S. or U.K. that mm -hmm. they that they had the trust structure, uh, and yeah, here it is not recognized. It goes directly to the to the main beneficiary of the trust. So, gotcha. Okay. Another question we got was, what about someone who lives on the border between Portugal and Spain? So how are taxing rights assigned? Is it where they physically reside or maybe where they work, if they work in one and reside in well, the other? Well, uh, I mean, I, I would go to the, to the, basically the three rules I mentioned. I mean, I would go where does he spend most of his time? If he spends uh, more than 183 days in Spain, he will be taxed in Spain. But um, I mean, it probably is the same in Portugal. And then, if we still don't know, uh, if we go from the, like the first world and we still don't know if it's Spanish or Portuguese tax record, then we would mm -hmm. go to the second one. Um, where is his? center of vital interest uh, or economic interest. Like where is he working? Is he working mm -hmm. more in, in Spain or more in Portugal? And then the presumption test, uh, where's his family? Mm. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, next question is about the Beckham law. Does the okay. Beckham law apply to wealth tax? So does it exclude you from the wealth tax calculation as well? Well, basically, for for the Beckham law, it's like it's as if you were not tax uh, tax mm -hmm. resident in Spain. Um, mm -hmm. So basically, what is tax under the Beckham law is the incomes that you earn in Spain. Right. So if you have um, wealth in Spain, yet mm -hmm. this will be this will be taxed. But uh, well, basically, <laughs> that's it. But yeah. it's only a uh, um, regarding like incomes, it's only to a flat fee of or flat rate of twenty four percent. So twenty four percent, it's income up to six hundred thousand euros. Yes. Yeah, and then if you go over six hundred thousand, then it goes to the progressive tax rate, which which is up to will be probably yeah, yeah forty five fifty. Gotcha. So then, obviously, it's a very attractive structure. How much yeah. would it cost to implement a structure, you know, roughly speaking, like that for someone who's interested? Well, basically, nowadays, would we have um, discussed because we we've had many individuals that they come asking for the for the um, for the Beckham law. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is that it only lasts five, uh, six years. So some of them they just um, set up a company. The only thing is that you cannot be the shareholder of the company, so you cannot hire yourself. So normally we use our services. We act as uh, as directors and shareholders of, uh, of the company. And then we are in charge of uh, hiring this person. So this person can apply for the for the Beckham law. Um, I mean, whenever we, we set up the, the company, we also sign a deed of incorporation stating it's a private kind of like a private agreement stating mm -hmm. that the true shareholder is the is the individual that uh contacted our services so once the six years are are done then he can ask okay uh, i want to start uh operating i'm going to be a spanish tax resident but i still want to be uh operating through the through the spanish company 
this is the most common structure that we we have found nowadays absolutely it's the most attractive structure really yeah. for uh, yeah, at because least for the first uh, six years yeah. yeah of course because a lot of people they just come here and they don't have a job contract they don't have maybe some like some retired people that they have a lot of wealth or they have a lot of income from from the us or from other jurisdictions and they just want to transfer these incomes here to to spain and that's one way to do it absolutely and roughly how much does it cost to set up ballpark just roughly i i would say uh around fifteen thousand euros more or less uh but of course if anyone needed a needed this um if they needed this uh i mean we would uh set up a meeting with them uh, i mean of course we would explain everything in more detail and and we would send them a, a fee proposal with all the with all the um, all the work that we would do all the like the setup of the company as uh being the the directors all the contracts they are hearing contracts also taking care of the payrolls everything um yeah we'll set mm -hmm. them a detailed proposal with with everything with all the works to be done yeah so in, in other words it's not like you know portugal has nhr ireland has resnon dom it's not something that's really um, no straightforward and simple it's it's something that you require yes tailor-made it's a tail it's a bespoke solution yes. to someone's that, yeah, yeah that is that is correct that's why a lot of people instead of moving to spain they'd rather go to to portugal i mean for individuals we know that that portugal that they do have some advantages over over spain but still people want to come to spain so it's good yeah i mean to be fair in terms of our practice the majority of people even though there's an uptick in portugal the majority of people mm -hmm. still want to go to spain for, yeah. for a number of reasons so anyway uh next we have a few more questions yeah of course. we have a question on us llc's so as you as you well just to kind of create context so us llc's are a hybrid structure so they are a limited liability company but they are transparent so the default you can make elections and the uh section c yeah. so it can be a c corp section s it can be an s corp but essentially it's a, a it's it's transparent so it's almost like a partnership if they're more than mm -hmm. one member or it can just be like a disregarded entity mm -hmm. if it's just a single member so from spain's perspective assuming that you're not under the beckham law how does spain reconcile or understand us llc's which are owned by a spain tax resident well basically um i mean disregarded entities uh it's I, I mean i wouldn't say it's an issue but it is a problem if someday the spanish tax authorities that they come ask you about uh they come asking about the mm -hmm. this company because then they would say uh please show us a tax return to this company for <laughs> this company and right. if you yeah. haven't if you haven't paid any taxes then they will come claiming taxes for sure yeah. so we always recommend whenever uh forming uh companies in at least for our spanish clients um we normally recommend c corps 
rather than mm. just a regular LRC. Yeah, so there's no doubt, there's no debate. It is yeah. it's pretty much certain what it is. Okay. Yeah, that, and the thing is that C corps yeah. C corps are kind of like the the SL here. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. They have like a low, flat tax rate. Uh, I mean, well, mm -hmm. of course you have the federal and then the state tax, but yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah, basically that's how it works here. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, so that was a list of pre-submitted questions. So we have two questions from um, two more questions on Zoom. The first one, so Bruce is asking. Can you explain how IRAs and Roth withdrawals are taxed? So these are U.S. private yeah, pension plans, I know. right? Yeah. <laughs> no, because we well, get this question was... every time yeah. we do this. Someone <laughs> we know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, we are we are very familiar with this. Yeah. So basically, um, you have to know that um, traditional IRAs and traditional four hundred one k's, they are taxed as pensions in Spain. So in this case, they are not added to wealth tax, which is a good idea. So mm -hmm. you are only taxed, this will be taxed as uh, income once you start making withdrawals. Mm -hmm. But if you have Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks, then these uh, kind of pension plans, they are not uh, treated as pensions as in Spain. So both of them are are included under the wealth tax. And then once you also, of course, once you make withdrawals, they will be taxed under the under the income tax. But yeah, that's a, bit, a huge difference between Roth and traditional. One of them, it's not taxed under wealth tax and the other one, it is. Right. And, and for yeah. Bruce or anyone else who's interested, Ricky and I, we co-authored a pretty comprehensive article on yeah. US pensions and how they're regarded from a Spain perspective. But because just to add to what Rikia said with Roths, right? Because it's uh, it's after tax income that went in, there may be an exercise, an opportunity to really bifurcate the distribution to see what portion of it was the original capital and what portion is the return on capital being, if you could defend that calculation, then it's really the growth in the fund that is taxable to Spain, not the original after-tax money that you put in. Yeah. So that that could be a, a planning opportunity. So yeah. Okay. We hope that helps. Next question. So someone else is asking. So for clarification, if someone living in Spain more than 183 days only has income from US Social Security. Mm -hmm. other government retirement pensions and 401k and IRA, is this income considered taxable in Spain? Well, we already addressed the 401k, uh, the IRA bit, right? So it's really the, the government stuff. Uh, Ricky? Yeah, basically the government stuff, um, this kind of, uh, I mean, they, they are not pensions, but mm -hmm. everything that comes from the government, it's it, it, I mean, we, we would have to look at the exactly what kind of uh, funds or what kind of income we are we are looking at, and we would also have to check if there um, if there's anything on the on the double taxation treaty between Spain and and the U.S. But normally, or the cases that we have had here, uh, this kind of income is exempt here in Spain. 
uh, I mean, there's uh, a note, an informative note from the from the Spanish tax authorities that it it cannot talk about private and public pensions. It mm -hmm. says that public pensions are exempt here in Spain, but when they say public pensions, they mean people that has been working for the government. Um, and then all the private pensions, uh, let's say, well, yeah, private pensions, they, they, are, they are considered taxable here in Spain. So. Right, and, and again, uh, guys, are, I refer you to the article that we have on our website, hg.tax, that Ricky and I co-authored. It goes into a lot of detail and, and I think it's super helpful because it, it, it's a bit nuanced. So for example, if it is that your US tax team is not familiar with international issues, it could get confusing because you, you guess you would, you're gonna invoke the treaty, but the thing is that Spain, as, as Rukia said, Spain does have taxing rights. So Spain will tax it, the, the private, the yeah. non-government stuff. And so therefore you need to use a, a certain US tax form called 1116 and you make a special election on the 1116 that allows you to recategorize the income and claim the, the credit. You claim a credit for the taxes paid to Spain against your US tax liability. So it's, yeah. you know, there's a bit of uh, tax gymnastics involved. So you probably want to speak to a tax team that understands both sides. So anyway, I hope that answers your question, sir or madam. You didn't identify yourself, but I hope this answers. Uh, I'll just look, do a quick check on Facebook to see what people are saying there. Is there any questions? Okay, nope, I think we're good there. Assuming that there are no more questions from this side from Zoom, we thank you. Uh, we appreciate you thank tuning in. Thank you so in. much. If you want to reach Ricky, what's the best way for people to reach you? Well, basically the way, the best way to reach us uh, or to reach me is like through email. Uh, I mean, I'll just leave my email in the chat. And, and also you can, you can co contact me through, through our firm's website, which is www.gpasoc.com. Uh, I'll also put that on, on the chat for, for everyone. Okay, so for those who may be listening and not, not able to see, so www.gpasoc.com. Okay, yeah, wonderful. And, and you get through to Ricky or the relevant member of his team. Okay, yep, gotcha. I see it. Okay, thank you for your time, Ricky. We appreciate yep. you sharing your time and your insights. Yep. Have a great thank you so much for having hot me. day for everyone in Spain. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye, Darren. Bye. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.